Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to our latest Outsports podcast. It is uh, mid-January, approaching MLK weekend, and here in Los Angeles, it's a good thing I don't have satellite internet because my satellite is down, my satellite dish is down due to torrential downpours. Jim, are you are you able to watch all of the fretting and consternation on NFL Network about the Chargers move, or has your satellite gone down too? That is a good question. I will tell you in a second. I am turning on my satellite. This does not happen in Los Angeles. It is torrential. Now, there's a road near me that they had to close yesterday because there's a house falling into it, Laurel Canyon Road, which if you know Los Angeles, you know that's a major way people get from the valley into the into the city. So, I, you know, people are scrambling. My husband's a dentist. He said people are canceling appointments today. It's it's like Armageddon here <laughs> because we're getting a couple inches of rain in a day. I do have satellite, um, though. Though, I, well, well, good for you. You can maybe this is all of the tears coming from raining down from San Diego onto L.A. Because I have been wa- listening to sports radio today out of San Diego and watching uh, NFL Network, and boy, pe- people in San Diego are pretty upset about the the move the Chargers are making. I don't blame them. The NFL doesn't want them to move, but they have no. Uh, the NFL can't stop them. They already gave them permission a year ago, and the yeah. Chargers said we're leaving. So it is. I mean, Bill Plasky wrote a really good call in the LA Times today, basically saying we don't want you. I yeah. mean, nobody in LA that I know of is excited about the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going to be behind both the Raiders, who are probably the most popular team in town now, even though they don't play here, and the Rams. And knowing the L.A. market like I do, unless they have a consistent winner, they're going to get, you know, 40,000 people at games. Um, There is simply no appetite. I mean, they're really popular in San Diego. They've been there almost since they played their first year in L.A., but they've been the San Diego Chargers for as long as anyone else can remember. And you have another case of a billionaire owner who's cheap and doesn't want to spend his money. Uh, the NFL offered $300 million to a stadium. He's going to have to pay $650 million to move, a relocation fee. That's $950 wow. million, and he wanted the San Diego to pay a couple hundred million more, and they basically said no, which I don't blame them. they got a lot of other needs in San Diego, but he can't make a stadium work for $950 million, which tells you everything you need to know about NFL owners. So as someone wrote that this is all a land deal that – he figures if he's in L.A., it'll be he can make more money when his family decides to sell the team in a few years. So this is all what this is about. But yeah, I don't uh, I don't sense people excited well, add about to that, this. The, the, it, over the next two years, they're going to be playing in a stadium that seats only thirty thousand people, compared to one that could seat sixty. And I just did the quick math between ticket sales and parking and food sales. They're going to lose seventy plus million dollars in the next two years just on lost in-game revenue and and yeah you start adding this up now you you're at a billion dollars a billion dollars that he is walking away from to move to la which 
I mean, I have I, I won't go to a Chargers game. I won't go. The Rams, you know, I'm open to the Rams. I went to a preseason game last year, and there seemed to make some sense with them moving. But this is just, like you said, no one, no one I've talked to wants anything to do with this. I mean, I've so lived out here for more than 30 years. I know fans, I know more Carolina Panther fans than I've ever met real San Diego Charger fans in L.A. I mean, you know, people were Patriots fans, Bears fans, Broncos fans, but Charger fans, they're in San Diego. And the only thing about this StubHub thing that I actually think that's the only smart thing they did, because that's going to create a potential scarcity for those tickets. 30,000 is easy to fill. You'll get 30,000 Raider fans who want to go to the Raiders-Chargers game. And they're probably going to try to make it this thing of, oh, look how cool and intimate this venue is. You can see an NFL game up really close, and they won't have any trouble filling 30,000 seats, because, and it's going to look like a packed house, whereas if they were in the Coliseum, 50,000 is going to look empty. So, but, yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's one of That's these things. It's a billion-dollar price tag, Jim, a billion dollars to have an intimate But he figures he can sell the team for, for $2 billion in a few years. When they're in the new stadium, wow. but, you know, his, his family decides to sell. Someone will give him two billion bucks for it because, you know, like uh, the way, um, what's his name? Steve Ballmer did with the Clippers. He paid two billion dollars for the Clippers. Yeah, uh, that's what this is about. Some really richer person who wants who wants an NFL franchise will say, oh, I can make this work in L.A. I can make this the premier team. I know how to do it. And they will be in a stadium that are paying a dollar a year rent in. In uh, at the new stadium, so the stadium in L.A. that Kroenke well, is building for the Rams. As I posted on Twitter, the big winner here is DirecTV because the L.A. market will now have two of their three games on Sunday mornings and afternoons <laughs> yep. will be the Chargers and the Rams, the Chargers and the Rams. So all of those Patriots fans and Panthers fans and Vikings fans and Giants fans who've been able to see their team from time to time, they have to go to a bar or get Sunday ticket. It's just it's just one more game and one more you know usually AFC game. Well, yeah, I guess more often than not it's an AFC game. Uh, yeah, so if you're a Patriots game, you're just gonna get to watch. If Patriots fan, you're gonna get to watch one or two fewer games from now on in LA, or, or you have to go to a bar or get Sunday ticket. And the ratings for the Rams were not as high as they were for all, for NFC games in the LA market in the past five years. I mean, the the first year, I mean, right. it, was, it was a lousy team, but you know, this idea that people are going to tune in just because it's the Rams. Well, they have another game often on uh, the CBS affiliate. Now, like you said, it could be Rams on one channel, uh, Chargers on the other channel. And it, <laughs> it, it could be could be pretty grim. But, yeah, it, it really just shows you that, I mean, the city of San Diego really bent over backwards. And uh, the, the voters last in November basically said, we've had enough. We've had enough of being extorted. And they said no, and he took his, you know, he took his toy and, and, and went. And the NFL owners apparently in private were telling Spanos, the owner, you can do this, but you shouldn't do this. This is not a good move. You know, again, money talks. And I really hope that they don't sell the StubHub Center out. That would be wonderful if there are 15,000 people at a late-season Charger game. But um, Well, there won't be because uh, – and, and uh, I mean, there's chances that in the 30,000-seat stadium there will be more – uh, there would be more Broncos fans for the yeah. game against the Broncos and the Chargers. The away fans will absolutely, the visiting fans will absolutely go there. Will Chargers fans drive up from San Diego? I, I, 
I mean, some probably will want to get over the shock, but it'll be interesting to see if if, if they can't put thirty thousand Chargers fans. It would be great if it was like fifty fifty at a thirty thousand seat stadium when they play the well, Broncos. With the Raiders, it could be it could be seventy percent. Ra- oh, I yeah. mean, because people will buy it. You know, if you're a Charger fan, we're going to keep your ticket for that. I mean, so I, that I'm amused that one they're going to put that game on the, on the slate to try to kind of bury it or something to say we don't want an embarrassment thing of because the Chargers were complaining this year that the Raider Charger game had like many more it was like a Raider home game in San Diego well, yeah of course well what uh, now I, I just I only wonder if the if this means that the the Chargers are going to trade for the number one draft pick and, and select a quarterback who can't throw a forward pass that's because that seems to be the, for, the formula for moving to LA here exactly that would be that would be great. Well, I, I, enough of that. I, I, it was big news this morning. It seems to be somebody said I was watching CNN and they said that the hashtag Chargers um, over the previous hour had gotten more than like a hashtag Donald Trump or hashtag Barack Obama. Like it was the hot, hot, hot thing on Twitter. So people are people are talking about the Chargers move. Um, we were <laughs> it is pouring rain out here. I cannot believe this. Um, we want to talk today about uh, a great little video that Jim did uh, and posted on Facebook and Outsports today uh, about straight athletes coming out. And this is something that we have talked about. And coming out, you put big quotation marks around. Something that, that we've talked about in the past. Uh, Jim, what inspired you to make, make this video of I, – I, 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 I could take about two guesses. Um, what inspired you to make this video about, about – about straight athletes deciding to publicly come out as straight. Well, one, you did you did an item a week ago on Cordell Stewart, who hadn't played in the NFL in almost 20 years, and how he's still saying, you know, he doesn't sleep with dudes because his somebody leaked a, a sex tape of him or a tape of him nude that they claim was a gay tape, but which he said had nothing, you know, there were no men in it or something. But he's been dodging these rumors for years, and in, in part he was – married to that woman who was on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, and she brought up the thing on the show, Cordell Stewart. And I thought, boy, this still is a thing. And then I looked at the schedule, and I said, huh, the Packers are playing the Cowboys in the playoffs this week, and who's going to be doing the game? Fox, and who's going to be the color commentator? Troy Aikman. And you have Troy Aikman and Aaron Rodgers, who are two people who over the years have publicly said they are not gay. And I thought, there were two others, Mike Piazza and, and uh, Jeff Garcia, and I said, God, three of the five people, this is still a thing, because every Sunday you and I will text each other and say, oh, look at the traffic today. The top two stories are, you know, Troy Aikman says he didn't choose, whatever your headline, didn't choose the gay lifestyle, and Aaron Rodgers says right. he's not gay. It happens every week, and when there's a national televised game involving those two teams, uh, or involving the Aikman team and then the uh, and the Packers, it's big, and so I thought, well, it's a perfect time to remind people that this has been, at least for five athletes, a thing. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting every Sunday, and, and even in the offseason, every once in a while, Troy Aikman will appear on TV, and all of a sudden I'll see our, our traffic, like, not go up, spike, like skyrocket for about 20 minutes. And it, and it is interesting that people, people must be going to Google and typing in Troy Aikman gay when he's on TV. And it's funny that it is, it is still kind of a question, even for like you said, these guys that, uh, these guys that um, that that aren't even in sports anymore. And what's interesting to me is, and what I wanted to talk about is how different guys do this. 
Like, you know, we, we know that when LGBT athletes want to come out, there are different ways they do it. They could do an interview with ESPN. They could write their story on Outsports. They could post something on social media. Lots of different ways they can do it. But I, I, there are so many different ways that different guys have done it. And I kind of wanted to chat about, like, what's the best way? Because sometimes it is actually appropriate for these guys to say that they're straight. And, and, and one, you know, I mean, Cordell Stewart, for example, uh, he, was, he, he, he was asked about it. You know, I, he said he, he was asked very specifically about this this leaked nude video from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, are you, so a guy said, "Are you gay? Like, was was this released by a man? Did you send this to a man? Are you sending naked videos to men?" And so Cordell Stewart answered it, and in his own weird roundabout way, he said, <laughs> it was the most bizarre rambling answer. But he was trying to say, "Times have changed. I don't have a problem with this." It's just not me. And I thought if, you know, for Cordell, it was actually not an offensive way to do it. It was just like he, he was asked a question. He's got to answer it. It's not, it's not like he, he can't just say, I, I refuse to answer the question, right? I mean, you don't expect him to not answer that question when he's asked. Yeah, I think in his case, you had the added element of the reality show. And so it became something where his personal life was, you know, on TV every week on Bravo. And yeah. that's, I mean, otherwise I think this story would have kind of ended a while ago and he, you know, and then the, you know, the reality show housewives are like, they're always looking for publicity. So uh, I think her name was Portia, who was the one who would make these things that would go on camera. So it made him, it kind of exposed Cordell Stewart's story to a wider audience and just sports fans. I think in the case, the best way I thought I thought it was the one by Mike Piazza, because there was a, there was a lot of rumors back, got 15 years ago, that he was living with Sam Champion, the then weathercaster on, on I think, right. uh, WABC in New York. And it became so big that there was an item in the New York Post that said, which, you know, which hunky baseball star is, you know, getting up, shacking up with Sam Champion in, you know, uh, at some new penthouse they bought. And everyone said, oh, Piazza, you know, <laughs> without thinking. And he actually held a, not a press conference, but he spoke to the reporters on one of the days that he, you know, the Mets made him available. And he basically said, I'm not gay. Uh, if I was gay, I would, you know, have, I would not be denying it. I would not go all, you know, he, he did it in a way where he didn't make it sound like being gay was a bad thing, but it simply didn't reflect who he was. Whereas, you know, you've been critical of Aikman for this idea that he didn't, quote unquote, choose to be gay. You know, and and he says it, in, and Aikman says it in such a way that it seems like he's really offended. He wants to punch Skip Bayless because Skip Bayless wrote about it in a book 25 years ago, and he seems to real take umbrage at it. Whereas I think someone like Piazza basically knew the rumors were really out there, and he was going to kind of nip him in the bud. And so I thought he did it in a way that I kind of respected because he didn't make it sound like being gay was a terrible thing. And, you know, whereas other people make it sort of sound like it, it would be something that would be a terrible thing to accuse them of being. Well, it's interesting you bring up Piazza as a good thing because, you know, a lot of people, Mike Piazza has been kind of like mocked for, for 15 years for holding that press conference. And I, re, I remember when I was in New York, you know, <laughs> one way of saying that I'm gay was I play for the Mets. Like that was kind of a fun little way of saying I'm gay because Piazza was just kind of after that press conference assumed to be gay. And it was, it almost had kind of a, 
a backfire effect where after he held that press conference, people, it seemed, they kind of assumed that he was gay. I mean, they, they linked playing for the Mets with being gay. So I, 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 don't, I don't know, I just don't know if it was a good or a bad thing, but it, I, don't, I don't think it solved the problem for him because people still think he's gay. No, no. I think my point was that I at least respect that he did not try to make being gay out to be a terrible thing. Um, oh, I think in a, in a sense it does. Is there a good way to do? That? I best the best way to do is simply ignore it, because otherwise, once you raise it, the media writes about it. You and I had a conversation when the when Aaron Rodgers' ex, whatever he was, personal assistant. But on this titter, uh, Twitter, <laughs> titter, <laughs> Twitter tirade that made it appear that him and Aaron were a couple that had broken up, and yet it didn't say that. And so we kind of held off when everyone else was writing this speculation because we, we, we decided we weren't going to traffic in that. And then Aaron Rodgers went on a radio show and said, I'm not gay, and all of a sudden it gave us permission to write about it in our head. So I do think that right. – I'm not saying what Piazza did was the best way to do it in terms of <laughs> keeping the story alive because you're right. It, it becomes a punchline. But I just thought in terms of the fact that he did not – he did not make being gay out to be this – kind of bad thing that I think Troy Aikman has sort of made it out by, by wanting to, you know, fight people and taking umbrage and making, you know, things about lifestyle. So, yeah, I mean, the best way to do it is probably ignore it because the media will not write about someone's sexual orientation until they acknowledge it. I mean, in general, you really don't see people speculating about athlete X, Y, or Z, you know, on any kind of publications that have traction. Yeah, you know, but... wasn't Aaron Rodgers asked about it in that radio interview where we addressed it? Correct, but he was also on a radio show he's on all the time. So I, I just bet you he was asked about it because uh, he knew what he knew he would be asked about it. This was not a press conference right. for other. This was a regular show he's on, and the guy brought it up like, "Oh, all these silly things," and they don't. They always prep people if they're going to kind of hit them with a with a trick question. And, you know, Rogers was right. clearly ready for it in the way he answered. So yeah, I, I think that was a, that was a deliberate thing to do that. And then of course he quickly started dating an actress. So that took away the rumors. Well, well and, and actually that's kind of where I wanted to go next to this. You said ignore them, but you know, a lot of times you can't ignore them. And I, you know, for me, there are kind of two ways to, um, to, to combat the rumors. And, and one is, well, actually, and Rogers kind of hits on both of them. Um, one, he did kind of right. Like he always said, my personal life is private, and I'm going to keep it private, and and I'm not going to talk about who I date. And then these rumors came out that he was gay and dating his assistant, and all of a sudden his 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 mantra that he wasn't ever going to live his private life publicly completely changed. He started dating a very very public actress. They started doing videos together and looking cute together and showing up to. Uh, to at an event every weekend together, and he was very demonstrably straight. And certainly, one way to to <laughs> to come out as straight is just to be who you are. You know, like if you have a boyfriend, show up to events with your boyfriend. If you have a girlfriend, show up to events with your girlfriend. And you know, you don't always have to address things ver- like a question. Head on. You don't have to necessarily call a press conference or talk about it on the radio. You can just kind of live your life openly, whether you're gay or you're straight. Uh, that's one way to answer the question. The other, the other thing is, if you do answer the question, if you do talk about it, 
do it respectfully. The more respectful you are to the gay people and the more you talk about the importance of living your life honestly and undermining homophobia and making sure that everybody has equality, the more you talk about that stuff while also saying, it's not me, but all these other things you know, I support, it goes a long way with the gay community. And I think the, that, that the gay community will, you know, um, will kind of have your back if you do that. It almost seems more straight to just than, than the way that, you know, Aikman does it. You're kind of, kind of almost bashing gay people as he's saying he's straight. Yeah, and I think in the case of Aaron Rodgers, it was sort of this, I mean, to me, I did an eye roll because he became now so public. Now he mentions his girlfriend at the drop of a hat. And so... I know people who, the same way you say with Piazza, they sing the thing with Aaron Rodgers, like, boy, he's really protesting too much, that you can almost go overboard with it. And it seems yeah. he went from not having any discussions about it to all of a sudden bringing her up when he wins the MVP award. You know, the first thing he says when he, you know, on national TV when he accepts the award. I mean, Dave Copay called me about the year when Aaron Rodgers first thing he thanked his, you know, thanked his girlfriend. He doesn't do that. So I do think he's kind of going a little <laughs> overboard with it, but – yeah, I don't know if there's an ideal way. I do think you can ignore it still. I mean, the most of the media will simply not touch these rumors, in part because there's usually nothing there. I mean, short of a incriminating tape, somebody saying, I slept with, you know, player X, people are going to go, yeah, right, you sure you did. So I do think, uh, I, I don't think everybody has to address it, but... I think the Aikman case is, to me, the best way or the way to not address it, because he does seem like he condescends to gay people and makes it sound like, you know, it's a choice to make, and he didn't choose that, which is why your headline was great. You know, Aaron Rodgers you know, did not choose to date men. Yeah, Troy. Yeah, Troy Aikman. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah Troy yeah, Aikman. Yeah. Again, to my to my point, <laughs> Troy Aikman does not address these issues in a respectful, thoughtful, insightful way. He keeps talking about um, choosing to date men instead of women. So he, he just I, – I, this obviously has bothered him for a long, long, long time. And, again, the, the idea of protesting, you know, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't I, – I don't get that protesting vibe from him. It just – he's just kind of living his life openly and, and – and, I'm thrilled. I mean, Gus Kenworthy does the same thing. He's, you know, his boyfriend's all over the place, all over social media, and and Robbie Rogers is the same way. His boyfriend and, and now fiance, they put them all over the place. The, the 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 odd thing about Rogers is he was so adamant about living his life privately for so long, and then when these rumors came out, that all of a sudden changed. But I don't. For me, it, at Rogers, Rogers, what Rogers does isn't isn't protesting too much. He's just living his life openly, just like Robbie Rogers is. Yeah, and he, he, I mean, Aikman's the one I think that just, just bothers me the most, just because he see, it seems like this is 20 years ago, and he still cannot let it go. When Bayless was hired by Fox, he went on a, a bit of a tirade about it. And it's like, dude, just give it up. Nobody cares anymore. I mean, you, you've been the lead Fox analyst for, for years. You're, you're established. You're not your, – your career – you know, no one's running around saying you should be fired from your job. It's just kind of – it's just silly the way he seems to have really gone kind of – overboard in in making this a thing that seemed like it's icky and maybe that's just a generational thing with someone like rogers who is who is younger than he is yeah well and i again you know when, when the bayless book came out and 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 addressed this stuff head on talking about how some teammates think that uh, aikman is gay it was a very different time 20 years ago than it is today marriage uh, equality is, is wasn't even on the 
radar screen 20 years ago. And, and the idea of out athletes, um, I mean, what was there, two former NFL athletes at the time who had, who had come out publicly. And so I, it really was a different play, a, a different time. What is odd is that, is that uh, Aikman, he just continues to, to hammer away at it from time to time. It seems like just about once a year he, 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 he chooses to go at, go at Skip Bayless about this. Well, it's funny, Copay once made some comment, I think GQ magazine, years ago about how he found, I don't know, he found Troy Aikman sexy and, you know, basically, you know, basically, oh, Troy Aikman asked me to, you know, hang out with him, whatever. And so Dave assumes that Aikman has seen it and saw Aikman on a plane and went up to him and said, I'm so sorry for what I said. I didn't mean it that way. And Aikman apparently was like, Copay, like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you know, like assuming that Copay assumed that, you know, Aikman's reading everything about him. And like he said, it was Copay said it was very uncomfortable because he starts talking and he's babbling. And Aikman's like, what? What'd you say? <laughs> so it's just that's Dave, you know. And so um, that would have been great to have a video of that. Oh, you said what about who? Who are you? Let's <laughs> get curb your enthusiasm moment, Dave. Dave you, yeah. you could absolutely make a curb your enthusiasm about Dave Copay. In fact, maybe we should. There's, there's got to be a documentary film there about Dave Copay. That would that would be really <laughs> fun, would, written and produced by Bruce Valanche. I think it would be yep. amazing. <laughs> um, so just let's um, you know, we don't do this too often, but but let's uh, just kind of touch upon a couple of people who came out, did come out in the last couple minutes here, uh, in sports as LGBT, uh, and kind of celebrate them for a second. You had a a, a Tennessee softball coach, Jim. I th- I thought with all the homophobia in sports. Tennessee, how could he possibly be accepted in, at the University of Tennessee? It's so homophobic. It's in the South. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> so homophobic that the Tennessee LGBT group, you know, posted his story on their Instagram account. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah, his name's Colin Christensen, and he's a graduate assistant. His dream is to be a softball coach. And for whatever reason, throwing a softball was a skill he loved to do as a kid, and it really made kind of gave him solace and it got him his job, basically. I mean, it got him his chance to be, you know, a graduate assistant because he throws can throw a softball 60 miles an hour. And he wrote about how that just that act of throwing the softball was something that just kind of relaxed him. And at the same time, because he had all these anger issues, and his anger issues were over the fact that he was gay and hated himself. And so once he sort of got came to terms with who he was, he became a different person. And now on this trajectory. Um, and he realized, he said, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be private in my pub, in my personal, in my professional life. And so he made a point of telling everybody at UT and of course it was overwhelming acceptance. And, you know, so he's kind of paying it forward because he, a friend of his Chase Boyle from the same school, uh, undergrad wrote a story for us last year about coming out. Uh, and then that prompted uh, Colin to sort of feel inspired to do the same thing. So we keep seeing this every time somebody does a story, it prompts someone else to do a story. Well, it's what we call the domino effect, and he's the second person at the University of Tennessee. We had Chandler Fruman, who's a rower, uh, last year share her story, and again, total acceptance from the team and the coaching staff. And even if, uh, well, she doesn't, uh, we haven't heard about this from anybody, but even people who might have religious objections to it, just again and again, don't have a problem with having a gay teammate. The people who do are in the 
just a tiny, tiny minority. But we just keep hearing, I mean, people, oh, Tennessee, oh, it's so shocking, Tennessee. It's become just par for the course. It doesn't matter where people are. Um, well, you did a map. You, know, had, you, uh, you did this map. You did a map last year right. of all the people who had come out, and you look at it. It was, we, have all, we, we didn't have all 50 states in a year. We had a lot of them, including Alaska and Hawaii, correct? Yeah, and I mean, all over, you look all over the Midwest. I, you, I wanted to go through and figure out who had come out last year and found support in, quote-unquote, Trump states, because it's possible it was more. I mean, California, New York, and Massachusetts, it's, 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 that's a lot. But there's Texas and Tennessee and North Carolina and Indiana and Michigan. And, yeah, I mean, across the country, it's just – you just can't say that you know one area is going to be so much more homophobic anymore. And uh, you know uh, we also had the story just uh, yesterday about uh, Adam McCabe, a former professional soccer player who played in Europe and Asia and the United States. He plays now for the Georgia Revolution, which is a, a semi-pro team, and 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 he's out to his team now and was uh, uh, nominated for defensive player um, award on on his team. So you know. Like, there's 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 Georgia, right? He's in Atlanta, and you know, which is LGBT friendly, but it's still it's it's in the South. It's in a quote unquote Trump state, and so, you know, if you're out there, you're living in a a place that 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 the maps keep painting red. Don't think that it just automatically means your teammates are going to reject you. Um, and but that's all the time we have this week. God, this half hour goes by so fast. The time. Flew by, um, especially when you're talking. It's funny when you're talking about. Uh, uh, Tori Aikman and, and, and Aaron Rodgers coming out of straight. Definitely tune into that Fox broadcast. We know that a lot of our readers will be. Um, and, and thank you for clicking on stories during the game. Uh, oh, and one more thing. Go Patriots. Uh, yeah.